0: One, the biggest piece of advice is you're not alone, right? This is where I found myself after going through, there's so many entrepreneurs feel they carry this weight on them. I've, I've made myself alone feeling I had to be able to carry this weight so much that it made me contemplate my own life, right? So don't do that. You are surrounded by amazing individuals, especially in so many cities. Like when you find your tribe, you find these people reach out, connect, don't feel like you have to do it alone, because if you stay in your super and bring the right people in, it will really allow you to be because like I always say, we all rise up when we rise up together. So take allow allow those people in your journey and know it's okay. You don't have to be the best at everything. Understand your superpower. And truly, when you're starting that company, ask the closest people to you, right?
1: This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight-figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of uh, Miller IP Law, where we focus on helping startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Joshua Lee. And uh, Josh or Joshua, whichever I whichever I, uh, whichever I, I end up saying. but uh, Josh, it comes out. <laughs> Josh uh, started out uh, selling candy out of his locker in school, then uh, played a little bit of uh, football in high school and did well, went to college, um, followed a girl, I think, and played football for a bit of time, and uh, went to University of Texas and then stopped eight eight hours short of finishing the degree, which we'll have to talk just a little bit about, and then worked in wireless and mobile sales for a period of time, got into real estate, and um, then got into the online advertising space, and one of his uh, first clients was, I think, MySpace, which I don't think anybody still uses MySpace, but if you're old enough to know what MySpace is, uh, that was certainly a, what, in its heyday it was a good, a big thing. Uh, made some good money and also made some uh, mistakes, and then got married, had kids, um, had seven more years to do things or do a few other things, and then wanted to hit a bit of a reset. And they will talk a little bit about what that reset is, um, and then started uh, started what he's doing today. So with that much as a, in a as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Josh.
0: Devin, man, happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's, as you kind of go through that entire thing, I'm like, okay, wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of things to be able to go through, you know, we'll be here for hours. No, but man, it's exciting to be able to kind of jump in and be able to share. You know, I look at it this way, right? We can be able to share that journey. It allows maybe one person, right, that's listening to be able to maybe not make that misstep that some of us have, have, have put into learning the, the right ways to be able to do things.
1: Absolutely, and couldn't agree more. So, now, with that all as an intro, take us a bit back in time to how how the journey started with selling locker out of the candy in school or selling candy out of the
0: locker
1: <laughs> and uh, how, did, how it got started from there.
0: You know, man, I mean, that's the thing. I think you always kind of look into it. I've, I've had these different conversations with different people. It's like, are you born an entrepreneur or are you made an entrepreneur? And I mean, I, I think it really, it's different from everyone. I think I kind of came... That way, just because I mean, being an only child, I saw a lot of opportunity just the way I kind of communicated and engaged with people. So, with me, I mean, I always said I thought that, the, you know, I saw that opportunity, right? Kids need candy. My parents were actually willing to buy it for me. So, that was an opportunity to be able to go in. Um, it's, it's funny though, Devin, I made one mis- one bad mistake though. That was that entrepreneur back then, even in high school, it was like, how far can we take this? And I remember it was like middle school or something like that. And it was for social studies and my family's from Germany um, on my mom's side. And so we had brought non-alcoholic beer to be able to kind of show off. And i was, afterwards, I was like, man, I bet I can sell this. They, No matter non-alcoholic or not, the school was not too pleased with my entrepreneurial finesse of at, even at that age. So it was interesting to kind of see where that kind of played out.
1: No. And I, I, I agree. Probably. They're probably going to be, even if it just has the appearance of alcohol, school's probably going to place where so they say, say, oh, let's not do that. So, so now you started there, you started your journey, and I agree. It's always kind of, I think some people are probably born entrepreneurs, some people become entrepreneurs, and it's to make sometimes of both of them, or they discover they, they want to be an entrepreneur. Um, but so with that, now you kind of went through high school, you played some football and went off to school. Now, how did school get going? Because I think you, if I remember right, you followed a girl part of
0: it. You dropped out. I did. You stopped eight
1: hours before you finished the degree. So tell us a little bit about uh, school before you got into the working world.
0: Yeah, man, no worries. Well, I mean, I kind of went in, like, going uh, into college. I mean, I kind of had those two different worlds where I did really well in school, like, almost aced my SAT scores way back when, uh, but also played football. So initially, it was like, you know, I live in Texas, so, you know, football is, you know, it's life, you know, so that was kind of that thing. And like a, a girlfriend of mine at the time was going to a specific college that had an opportunity to be able to play with him for the first year, University of um, Nacogdoches, you know, way back when we called it Naca nowhere, because it was out in the middle of nowhere. And that's really what it was. And eventually I said, no, this is not for me. And I left. And I went to University of Texas um, and followed more of the academic side. But even with that, man. I got distracted i started working in the wireless world this is back when digital was first kind of hitting and i became one of the youngest corporate account executives over at singular wireless i have
1: to dive in and just stop yeah please quick on that because you get all the way you go go to degree even if you're saying okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use this degree to get all the way to eight hours left of the degree and then just stop short what was the decision of the thought process? So was it just, hey, I'm worn out, I'm done. I don't care how many hours I have left. Or, hey, I'm never going to use this degree. Why pay for eight more hours than I have to? And I'm not going to give them another dimer. Because, you know, most people say, what do I put in all this time and effort? I'm going to just finish it because I'm already 95% of the way there. So kind of what was that?
0: Oh, yeah. Process? My parents are the same thing. Like, what? You, what's going on? And, you know, it really was a think of the last semester. I was like, you know what? I'm done. There's a, a couple more classes I need to finish out. And I kind of was, I was already at a point where I was making six figures a year doing wireless sales as a, as a corporate accounting executive at Singular slash at and wireless way back when. So mm-hmm. I just didn't, I was like, and I was at that point in time, i initially gone for a finance degree, then shifted to business development. I mean, and honestly, I was looking at the jobs that would get from the degree and I'm like, I'm going to make a lot less money. So mm-hmm. can, and this is where, you know, a lot of my initially, you know, as humans, as, as entrepreneurs, as, as, as men and stuff like that, we, as you, just everyone you're driven by that almighty dollar. And that's kind of real, it took me down a path. It was like, well, I can make money. I can monetize it. Let me go that way. And to me, money was the driver point. I mean, I've had many shifts since then, but early on in my career, money was my driver point, which is, which is for a lot of people. And that's kind of where it kind of, you know, dove off Devin to be able to kind of go in that field.
1: So now one last question, then we'll continue on the journey. Is yeah, man, no worries. The wishes that you would go back, either had finished or you ever desire to go back and even if nothing else, just to get the degree to say, okay, I finished. Is there any part of you saying, hey, it's passing my journey. I don't look back. No worries.
0: You know, my wife says the same thing. I'm like, wait, well, you feel better, because I mean, she got her, you know, got her degree, got her MBA, all those things. And I look, at was like, look, there's a lot of, you know, really smart people out there that sort of big companies that never got their degree. Um, you know, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at, you know, these, these guys that are out there that so I want to be able to go back and be like, oh, well, you know, look at Josh. He's just like these other people. You know, I have big aspirations on where we're going and how we're actually going to be able to affect this world. So look, I can't look back. I can only learn from the, the steps that I made in my my past to be able to make better ones in the future.
1: All right. I think it's again. I mean, I think there's a, port, I would probably still, you know, no, I'm on the opposite. I end up getting four degrees, which my wife always tells me is three degrees too many. So <laughs> I took the opposite extreme to, to not finishing and probably finishing way too much, but I get that, you know, there is a, a, a thing of saying, Hey, I, I learned a lot. I got the education I wanted, or I decided that wasn't for me and all, you know, it, a little bit, you know, almost at some count or cost analysis and let's move forward rather than go back and do or finish something that I don't really have.
0: If I thought it was eight hours too, Devin, you know probably, but I'm pretty sure like there's a statute of limitations. I'm 42 now, so I'm pretty sure that a lot of those hours that I put in, I'd probably have to repeat. And on it, I just now look, I got the I got two kids, so for the same thing, like we kind of go back. I'm an entrepreneur. Like, look, if it makes sense, go. My wife is; they need to go to college, so we'll we'll definitely have this conversation again coming up in about you know eight to ten years.
1: Fair enough. So. So now you do, so you go off, you say, okay, wireless sales, I got into that. This is going to be a, you know, great opportunity, making pretty good money, you know, is on the uptick and that now, how did you, or what caused you to kind of transition from wireless mobile sales over to real estate?
0: That was the thing, right? It was, it was that, that was that almighty dollar. It it kept on, I was able to really kind of pay attention and see trends. And I mean, that's, what's allowed me to be a good entrepreneur. Once I started my own companies was I was able to see around the corner. I was able to kind of see what was coming and where the bigger opportunity was. This was, you know, early two thousands when I had made this shift. So when that opportunity came, so I was like, look, man, there's amazing money in this. And so I started becoming, you know, I went in there and I got in that real estate and got my broker's license. And, you know, I started to kind of play in that world, but even that world, I mean, yes, there was a lot of opportunity, but I didn't like some of the people that were in how they were doing things. I mean, I, I remember back then I'd moved from Austin, Texas, out to uh, Long Beach, California. And yeah, people were m- leveraging their home, making more money on refinance every year than they were actually at their jobs. They buy their houses for two, 300,000. Now they owed 800. I'm like, you're going the wrong way. This is like back in those days, like negams and reverse mortgages that would just really hurt a lot of people because there was, it wasn't was explained to them. And it, just my heart wasn't into it anymore. And I had a kind of, it's a great opportunity. I saw that I took the advantage of the situation when it was, but as soon as I, you know, I just couldn't handle anymore. Like I had to get out.
1: Hmm. No, and it makes sense. And, you know, there is there is always that, you know, hey, I'm making good money, but do I feel good about it? And if you don't feel good about it at some point, the good money doesn't, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't matter quite as much anymore. So with yeah. that, he so went for mobile sales and he kind of chased the trend and said, okay, real estate's a good place. Then you say, okay, I don't feel good about this anymore. I don't, My heart's not in it anymore. So now you went to online advertising. You know, these are kind of three distinct or different, you know, kind of industries. Yeah. How did you get into or what was online advertising yet again? Kind of this is where I think the money's at, or where the trends are, or kind of what got you now into online advertising and kind of how did you get there? And then how did you get MySpace as one of your first clients?
0: So this is the interesting thing, right? Yeah, There are hundred percent different verticals as you kind of go through, but what I've learned over the years is, I mean, when you kind of go through, it's all dealing with human beings, right? You're talking about, you know, mobile cells, you're talking to the human behind it, you know, and you're in the real estate, you're still dealing with other human beings and same thing on the advertising side. Like, honestly, it was initially a friend of mine brought me in and I, I just needed to get out. So I, I, out of the real estate side and I had actually left and I was, you know, in between jobs. And so I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's try this out. I mean, I remember, yeah, you know, this is before Alexa was a thing where like, Hey Alexa, can you, do, like, she's not going off right now, but um, you know, this is Alexa list. This, oh, and, my
1: Alexa actually just went off in this room. <laughs> so I heard you. Big brother is listening.
0: So those are the things, right? So, you know, kind of going through this, we use the Alexa list which is how every, all the online sites are ranked across the globe. And I'll stop saying that name moving forward. So we don't have to worry about that anymore, but you know, and so I would just go through thousands of websites, but I saw this opportunity and the biggest shift for me and where I was able to start my own company was I was only there for about four months. I saw the opportunity. This was about 2003. And the owner became in here and he was a business owner. Not a business operator. And then shortly after I started there, he's like, he decided he wanted to become a business operator. And that's a massive shift in difference. And actually someone being actively in that's not actively always in the company. And if they don't know where they're going and how to operate that business, it took a real left turn. And eventually they closed the business fairly quickly after he kind of came in because it came very apparent he was doing it for his own reasons and funneling money the wrong way. So but it, it built those relationships, right? It allowed me to be able to get in there because at that time in the early 2000s, you had to know someone to be able to get in that industry. And so that was my door in. And when we, when he closed the door, I back on my couch again, I said, Hey, there's an opportunity. All these relationships that were there are, are left unchecked. And I said, let me pick them up. And I was the person that they knew. So that's where those relationships kind of started. And it just so happened one of those relationships was a, with was an early startup called MySpace, and um, we kind of went in there. And I had the relationships with a company that did the advertising side of it, which was Yahoo, um, Overture at the time, but everyone knows them as Yahoo now. And I kind of paired those. I was a middleman. I did you know what we call arbitrage. I brokered the relationship. I I bought the traffic low from MySpace and provided the ads, and then sold it to Yahoo. For, for a substantial difference and made money on that margin. And so that's kind of where my entire online advertising world started was leveraging relationships, you know, finding the relationship with the advertising companies, not just the advertisers directly, and then finding the, building the relationship with the people that had the traffic and then making the margin on the middle.
1: No, I think that that's cool and definitely um, makes a perfect sense. It sounds like a, a fun opportunity now. MySpace is gone and I think Yahoo's still around. I, I see email addresses every <laughs> once in a while with Yahoo on the end. I'm like, you, you, you may want to know, you know, Yahoo got a lot of their user information hacked at one point. Somebody else probably has your login. Maybe it's that person. But no, I oh, think yeah. that that's, you know, definitely is a, a fun place to, you know, take their career. It. And it sounds like a, a great opportunity at the time. Um, you know, now I think if I remember right, you did that. Was that for seven? around
0: seven years? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, I started that company in 2000, of 2003, beginning of 2004. And then I ran that and was in that world up until about seven years ago. So, you know, and that's where I kind of, it kind of took me down a path Devin. You know I mean, like I told you that all my dollar like really affects so many people. And I realized after building multiple different companies in that realm of monetizing every Every acronym you could think of CPC, CPA, CPL, all the different online stuff. That's all it was, was just monetizing traffic. And there was no value. And I wasn't seeing that I was helping anyone. And honestly, by chasing that dollar, it led me to a path that I'd gotten 45 pounds overweight, never been overweight in my life. My relationships became monetary. And I had no vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at. And it was all like this whole work life, like play as hard as I could. And I wanted to start a family and and really after starting a family, I started shifting my perspective on what I really wanted to be on this world and be able to connect with other people. And that's kind of hit my reset, which was honestly, I found myself at a point contemplating my own existence on this world. And that was the wrong way to be able to think of it. I was blessed to be able to, you know, have a, more of a divine power to say, look, take back your own, your, your own, you know, being and give that to, to my wife, my former. And we got divorced. And Look, man, I I, they were looking at like three years to be able to go through. I was running 10 different companies at the time, ranging anywhere from six, seven and eight figures. And I had two kids and I I didn't want to take them through that. So I walked away from everything at 36 and moved back with my parents with a little bit under a thousand dollars in my name to be able to save that time, that one resource we don't get back and kind of restart my life to be able to build up to where I am today.
1: So now and that, you know, I think that, you know, you, sometimes you in, in your life, you're going to hit a crossroads and for everybody, it's a bit different. I think for a lot of times the, with entrepreneurs, it can be, you know, sometimes you're working for a big business you're saying, you know, do I really want to do this for the next 20 years? And saying, you know, even if I can make more money, I just don't love it. I don't enjoy it. I'd rather go do my own thing, be my own boss. And sometimes that is, you know, I've been, I've been hustling i have been burning or burning things or, you know the candle of full things for a long period of time i need a break oh, yeah. i need to take a step back and whatever that is i think a lot of times and in one form or fashion everybody kind of has that i need to hit a reset or i need to take a breather so now as you do that you know and it sounds like you know you pulled back from some of the companies the you know ended up getting divorced walking away from everything i think as we talked a little bit before you said, yes. hey the ex-wife can take everything i just want to reset basically my reset on all of life and kind of doing, you know, starting over, so to speak. So now as you're starting or hitting the reset button, where, how did you figure out what he wanted to do next or where you were headed or what that meant for
0: you? That was, that was a rough patch, man. I'll be honest. You know, I kind of left feeling free, but then really found out very quickly that I got used to, you know, not worrying about money for a while and, you know, running those companies. So it was that kind of battle. And, I went through, a you know, like a mini depression for a little bit because I was trying to find myself, right? At first, to be honest, Devin, I was like, I'm going to be a life coach. I wrote my book, Balance is Bullsh. I'll try not to cuss and stuff like that. All about living more of an integrated life, getting rid of this whole work-life balance that had, had led me to a demise, trying to achieve this balance that's unachievable. And, you know, I realized really quickly that I didn't want to be a life coach. I was taking on a lot of people's uh, issues that were kind of going through, but I was good at really connecting with the other human beings. And so, really, what I did was I paired that that level of humanity, being able to help people and connect and engage with others, and I paired it with my marketing background. And then I kind of fell fell into, you know a platform that I found very unutilized, which was LinkedIn. And you know, being able to help people—that's kind of where we we built standout authority which was how do we actually instead of sell right i'd done that how do we how do we get rid of traffic and actually bring in truly engaged individuals and linkedin where everyone goes oh it's b2b i said wow you know what i get it everyone goes it's b2b or b2c but every company is run by another human being a lot of marketers just forgot that so truly it's all h to h human to human and then that's kind of where it was built like how do we actually educate inspire and draw people in Rather than having to sell them, because if you, they choose to work with you, man, that LTV lifetime value becomes so much more you know, powerful uh, in the relationship as you build that and grow your company.
1: No, I think that that, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense and you know, sounds like it'd be a fun opportunity. I, I'm a big, big believer of LinkedIn. I think that you know, there's always the spam bots and things that are aggravating and sometimes things you don't like. But there's also a great opportunity on the business side to make connections, to have access, to actually make those connections that a lot of times, otherwise in life, you wouldn't make those connections. They get you yeah. to, to stand out, to be able to grow, to be able to make connections, to be able to do all that. So I think that that definitely sounds like a, a great to next pass. So that kind of brings us up a bit to where you're at today. And so now kind of, you know, you got standout or standoutauthority.com, which is where or what you just mentioned. So now if you kind of take the next, you know, six to 12 months, kind of looking to the future of what it holds and where you guys are headed, what does that look for you guys?
0: Man, you know, it's actually kind of beautiful because uh, my wife, my wife just actually left corporate. She had worked at Microsoft for many years, running their branding and then um, moved over to Gartner and was running the digital marketing branding for them as well. And she actually just left a couple of weeks ago to be able to come um, partner with me at this company because, you know, to be able to do that, to be able to build that, that's the next six to twelve months look like. How her and I are not only affecting people, you know, truly humanizing the way that people are online because your personal brand is where that stands out, and she's amazing at that. Along with pairing that with what we're doing on that that messaging side and really being able to bring those opportunities on LinkedIn. So, you know, we're building out communities, we're building out different master classes to be able to teach people on a greater scale, and. You know, it's it's interesting, like we even got Devin, um, it was a couple, a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure if you were ever on Clubhouse or not, but we're active, very active on that app over there.
1: You know, I would have been, but I, you know, first of all, I, I'm an Android user. My wife loves Apple. I like Apple. <laughs> you, but my problem with Apple, and this is a complete aside... Apple is one where if you like it how it is out of the box, it works great for you. Right. If you like to customize it or do what you want to do with it, it doesn't let you customize it. So I'm too much of a person that likes to customize it. Sorry, but and Clubhouse only come on Apple. Yeah, when our clubhouse came out, it was on Apple. And so then I couldn't use it. So I think they now have it on Android. They do. I haven't ever actually tried. The point that I would have tried it out is is it may have passed. And so now I've never actually circled back and tried it. But anyway, you're not alone. I'm just to slightly digress.
0: Yeah, no, man, you're not alone. I mean, there's a lot of people on there, I mean, but, you know, it's interesting. It's brought some amazing opportunities for us on that app just because it's, inter- it's worldwide. We're reaching audiences we never had before. And a couple of weeks ago, um, where you talk about the next six to 12 months, um, we might actually be doing a TV show because we actually pitched a, a new TV show called, um, to this new entrepreneurial TV network that's launching, um, it was called love and war, the entrepreneurial journey. So again, love your podcast. Cause that's about that entrepreneurial journey and having my wife and I talking about those different things from the corporate side to the, the other. So for us, LinkedIn and what we do there is just the vehicle you know, where we see us going, where we're going is we want to be able to humanize the entire way people are online. We want to remind people that we were all born human beings. We just need to remember to be able to be that online too. Mm -hmm. And there's a better way because Devin, I mean, I I do feel a little bit, I I had a hand in how we monetize just everyone's just a number, especially social media, because back way back when on my space, I was there, I helped them create one of the first social media ads. And so, you know, I feel like I had a slight hand in some of where we're at now. And I want to have a bigger hand on bringing us back to, to getting away from everything, just being a number, because that led me down a bad path. And I, I want to be able to, on a greater scale, be able to help, you know, work with people like yourself, work with the people that are listening, because, man, I, I try to change this world on my own, and I can't do it. I have to be able to work with other amazing people to be able to change this world, not only for my kids, but for everyone. So we can all you know, leave it, better, leave it better than what we we was given to us. And that's, that's it hasn't happened in a while over the past couple of generations. We can kind of, we got to flip that around where we start making this world better rather than you know, where it was kind of going. And I think we got a good opportunity with this new reset that we just went through with COVID. So excited.
1: No, to- sounds like, you know, it, it, you found a place that is fun, exciting and enjoying and it presents a good opportunity which are all are certainly great positives and look uh, to hold a lot in the future. So well, now as we we start to wrap up the podcast and, you know, as we kind of have reached where you're at today and a little bit of where you're going at in the future, I always like to transition to the questions I, or I have about the journey, which the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it?
0: Um, worst business decision I ever made was, um, I'm going to be honest, I was sitting at the, uh, the Playboy Club in, in Las Vegas um, at the, um, and we was playing, um, forget we were, uh, Texas Hold'em or something like that. And I was sitting with a friend and he was pitching me, like he had just sold his business and he was like, hey, Josh, you know, I know you're building something right now man. Um, you should just, you know, buy this, you know, my our quote unquote source code, you know, for our platform because we just sold it. And I didn't do any due diligence. It was two guys trying to, you know, talk about who's too tougher, right. You know, and be able to go through, I'm like, yeah, of course. And it was a $1.3 million bet that I made and it actually resulted in me losing almost $10 million in revenue over the next year because I didn't do any due diligence. The process wasn't done. Whatever he had sold, he ended up having to get his company back because even the people walked away from it. So it was just, as I always say, duct taped together. So with anything, if you're going to do any investor, going make any business decision, due diligence. It's really important to actually take time out to be able to look and see what you're buying before you do that. And just don't don't let your ego get in the way.
1: No. And I think that, you know, is, you know, you hear that and you're like, wow, that was a big mistake. You know, that's a lot of money. And yet at the time, a lot of times I think what you're, you want to jump by the due diligence so either it's ego and you say, oh, I know more. I, I don't need to do due diligence. I'm smart enough. Right. I can read people or anything else. Or two, you get so caught up in the idea, and you're like, "Oh, there's so many things I could do here, so many opportunities." And both of which, you know, you kind of go on more of that emotional side. And yeah. then in the meantime, you get you get caught with the things that if you had done your due diligence, you would have caught. But because you got so excited about the opportunity, what's going on that you didn't do, that it can be a mistake. So I'm a big proponent of due diligence. It's easy to overlook, or it's easy to not do, even though you should be doing it. But I think it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, man. No, hundred percent. And that's kind of where you see these things. And I think it affects a lot of entrepreneurs. They get excited, right? Like, Oh, shiny object, you know, squirrel, you know, my dog loves, I need to jump in right now. I said, I said the magic word. And that's kind of happens with entrepreneurs too. Like, Oh, I'm going to be able to save time and I'm going to jump. Sometimes it works. But if you, if you are, just take your time out, you know, take that second breathe and then make that decision because I guarantee you it'll, it'll benefit you in the long run.
1: Hmm. No, I I, mean, I absolutely agree with you. So, second question I always ask is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: If you're going to get in there, I mean, one, the biggest piece of advice is you're not alone, right? This is where I found myself after going through, there's so many entrepreneurs feel they carry this weight on them. I've, I've made myself alone, feeling I had to be able to carry this weight so much that made me contemplate my own life, right? So don't do that. You are surrounded by amazing individuals, especially in so many cities. Like when you find your tribe, you find these people, reach out, connect, don't feel like you have to do it alone. Because if you stay in your super and bring the right people in, it will really allow you to be because like I always say, we all rise up when we rise up together. So take allow allow those people in your journey and know it's okay, you don't have to be the best at everything understand your superpower and truly when you're starting that company ask the closest people to you right go in there like if, if Devin you and I were like buddies from like 15 years I'd go to you like Devin okay I'm gonna start a business if you had one thing you would pay me for what would it be if your friends can't think of anything you might want to just kind of take a second back and kind of reevaluate and be able to work on your pitch first
1: <laughs> no and I think that's going you know And we'll be buddies in the next 15 years. We're not buddies buddies yet, but we started a good relationship as of now. Yeah, man. No, I think that, um, you know, if you're to take that, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, you know, oftentimes as an entrepreneur, you think you have to do it all. You have to do it alone. You have to do it, you know, and it could be everything from you don't think others would do it right, or, you know, it's going to take too long to get people up to speed or any number of things. And yet, oftentimes you forego the resources you have that would make you successful because you're trying to do it in your, on your own. And you still may be successful on your own, but there's so many times that you would have such a, a higher likelihood of success and a higher likelihood of being successful if you would just utilize those resources. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Well, as, we, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer or they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you or find out more?
0: Devin, man, of course, they can always go to standardauthority.com. But honestly, you know, kind of where you and I met as well too, LinkedIn. I love when people listen to your podcast, the podcast that I'm on, and they reach out and they tell me why they listen to your podcast, right? Send me a personal message on LinkedIn. You can find me at Joshua B. Lee. You know, I'm on there on LinkedIn. And you know, when you reach out, be like, man, I listen to Devin because of X, Y, or Z, right? Because then that helps me, build a better relationship with you because then I can go back in and be like, Devin, dude, look, look at these things that people said about you. They And I, I'm able to be able to share that. So not only does it let me understand why they're listening, but it also lets me build a better relationship with you as well, too.
1: Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on the website or any other ways. Uh, definitely a lot of uh, resources there, a lot of knowledge and a lot of expertise. So Thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. We'd love to have you and share your journey. Two more things as the listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out and do leave us a review so other people can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always there to help. Thanks again, Josh. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last.
0: Appreciate it, my friend.